0: in this country, Lord, we ask you, because of your great mercy, that you would speak to us all these, in Jesus' name. Amen. I will be having a rather long introduction, which is unusual for me to even have an introduction and a very short message. And I'd like, uh, especially you mums, to imagine that you're not in Australia, that you're in a country, a third world country, you're perhaps in in Africa, or perhaps in the Middle East. Uh, and I'd like to ask actually all of you here present if we could uh, somehow go from here where we are and go to a, a place that uh, uh, is unlike Australia. We're very blessed to live in Australia. And uh, I want to take us to about six hundred years before Christ so that's about two thousand six hundred years maybe a few years more to this time and it's a very important time because I'll be speaking the other side of Mother's Day just touching but including all of us into it and so Israel has done the wrong thing before the sight of the Lord and what they did in the temple itself in the in the temple uh, yard they erected a pole to Asherah one of the pagan gods of fertility they also have in one of the quarters of the temple they were burning incense to the Queen of heaven which is a reflection of Isis Isis not the Isis that we think of uh, uh, in the Middle East but Isis the Egyptian um, God, goddess And also they were baking cakes to her. And if that's not enough, there was another quarter inside the temple where there was male prostitution. Where males were prostituting themselves uh, to other males that were coming to visit. And we don't know the reason, but perhaps to raise money. I don't know what got into their heads, but there was a practice in the temple in Jerusalem and to top it all they didn't even know what the book of the law was so God got, was very very upset with Israel because they were chosen people they were taken out of Egypt to be his people his priesthood and so what happened God has allowed first of all the the northern kingdom of Israel for Assyria to take him away And then, not many years after that, the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, is taken by the Babylonians. And so, we're going to start reading, and this is also part of the introduction. Uh, I think that, uh, let's see if we get this going on. Of course, it it will help. It's turned on. Thank you. Uh, okay so I have changed the names there I put them in green I'm not sure they're not very clear but I think that you might be able to see them so rather than mentioning the Hebrew name for the month I put it month so it's easier it's easier for me to explain it so in the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign on the tenth day of December Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon marched against Jerusalem with his whole army he encamped outside the city and built siege siege works around it, and the city was kept under siege until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. So for two years, there is a siege around Jerusalem, around the city where nobody would go in and nobody could go out. And it says that this was so horrible, so horrendous that by the ninth day of June, only six months had gone by, the famine in the city had become so severe that there was no food for the people to eat. And we are told through other parts of the Bible and also historians that this was so horrible that women would eat their own children. They would cook their infants to eat. Happy Mother's Day. And he tells us But the king, the Babylonian army, pursued the king and overtook him. This is King Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. All his soldiers were separated from him and scattered and he was captured. So what happened after two years, there was only death waiting for everybody in Jerusalem. The soldiers and King Zedekiah, they broke a part of the wall. So the wall was like a fortress. Jerusalem was like a fortress. Thick, thick walls. And they made a hole in a wall and they escaped and he ran towards Jericho. I don't know what got into his head because that was almost on the way to Babylon. So he made about 25, 26 kilometers and he tells us that he was... uh, taken to the uh, king of Babylon, so he was captured there, he was taken to the king of Babylon in Riblah where he was pronounced, or sentence was pronounced on him and uh, they killed his sons, the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and then they took his eyes out and they bound him with bronze shackles and they took him to Babylon what a horrible way to end a kingdom to end, end up in, in, in such a distress, running away, going towards Jericho, being captured, taken 250 kilometers north into Syria. There, I assume, in a, no, probably outside, outdoors, they set up a court and they pronounced a sentence that he was found guilty and they killed his sons before his eyes. And then, that there would remain the last image in his head, they gorged his eyes out and they took him to Babylon another 3000 kilometers east of where he was you would have to think what kind of people were these Babylonians no wonder that in the book of uh, of revelation there is such an oracle against Babylon there is such a such an god is so upset about the whole thing and anything that will resemble Babylon Anything that will resemble what Babylon has done. In our days, God is so much against it. And in Isaiah, Isaiah also pronounces an oracle against the king of Babylon. Uh, uh, Sorry. Uh, Let me go back before I go there. Let me read a little bit more. On the seventh day of July... In the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Zaradan, commander of the imperial guard, an official of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. So they have now sent their ex-king to Babylon. And this commander comes in and it says that he sets fire to the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the homes of Jerusalem. Every important building he burned down. So it's not enough to take the people captive to Jerusalem. But he burned the temple, he burned the houses, and if that is still not enough, the whole Babylonian army, under the command of the Imperial Guard, broke down the walls around Jerusalem. So it's not enough, not enough to tear down the buildings, the iconic buildings, but all the wall around Jerusalem was torn down. And of course, Zerubbabel is the one that returns and rebuilds the temple. You probably remember Nehemiah, then many years later, comes and rebuilds the walls to at least have some safety in an unsafe world. And no wonder that Isaiah in his oracle says, those, this is talking to the king of Babylon, those who see you will stare at you. Because of course, He will be taken down by God himself. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a wilderness, who overthrew its cities and would not let its captives go free. By the way, Babylon never let its captives go home. Ever. Not one person that went to Babylon returned to their home. It was under later under Cyrus who was called Messiah that he allowed people to go home. We can get a little glimpse from this in, uh, in lamentations about what was happening. Um, what can I say for you with what can I compare you, daughter of Jerusalem? to what can I liken you that I may comfort you virgin daughter of Zion your wound is as deep as the sea who can heal you Lord Lord and consider whom have you ever treated like this should women eat their offspring their children they have cared for should a priest and prophet be killed in a sanctuary of the Lord. Jeremiah's lament is so deep. And no wonder that Isaiah, and, and as we put in all these puzzle together, you probably remember that in Isaiah, it was saying that can a woman forget her own child? Remember the scripture? And it says, no, she can't. But should she forget her son or daughter, God will not forget you. And, and he's comparing that no woman would do this. Mothers, can you imagine cooking your baby? What has happened to that world? And then, to add to this, we find in Psalm 137.1, That reflects what's happening there when they're taken into exile into Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat there and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, you know poplar trees are beautiful, I love poplars. They're very tall trees, big leaves and they turn very yellow. we got some in Mount Macedon and they're absolutely beautiful beautiful foliage and beautiful uh, shade in summer. It says, There on the poplars we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for a song. Our tormentors demanded a song of joy. They said, sing of us a song of Zion. Hello. Can you see the torment? It's not enough to have destroyed our city. It is not enough to have smashed our children, and that's what they did. They smashed, smashed the children against the wall, the infants. It is not enough that they butchered people, that pregnant pregnant women. They opened them with a sword. There was not enough, not enough. So when they are in Babylon, sitting there in a desert, these captors, these. Uh, tormentors, as he calls them, they come and say, can you sing us a song of joy like the ones that you sing about Zion? What is there to be sung about Zion? Ask a mother, a mother in Africa that just lost their child and it's weeping, and come and say, oh, can you please sing us a lullaby like you would sing to your child when you're putting them to sleep? How would that mother feel? can we sing a song to the Lord while in a foreign land if I forget you Jerusalem may my right hand forget its skill, may my tongue cling to my roof of my mouth if I do not remember you if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy and I will read I have not put it there, I think it's too traumatic to put it there what they say afterwards. Do you remember? What it, how, that's Psalm 137. Do you remember how it goes? We remember the, the song by Bonnie M. By the rivers of Babylon. Yeah, That's the song. That's the song that we're talking about. But in that song, the end is not there. Do we remember? I'm sure we read the psalm. I'll read it for you. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did. This is verse 7. You go only to verse 6 there. Verse 7, remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down it down to its foundations. The Edomites were cousins. They were the cousins of the Jews. They were the sons of Esau. They were also circumcised. They were also children of Abraham. And they were rejoicing when their cousins were down. And saying, tear down the walls. You know, you see your cousin's house on fire. said, so let it burn. Burn it all down to ashes so there is nothing left. What kind of neighbors are they? What kind of relatives? What kind of people? And then it says that the Lord may tear down one day the walls of Edom. And then he goes in verse 8, O daughter of Babylon doomed to destruction this is a Psalm happy is he who repays you for what you have done to us he who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks how traumatic can you imagine there they are asking you for a song they're actually tormenting you they're not asking you because they want to hear your singing they're tormenting you just to to bring you even more down and in your mind you're thinking blessed is he who's going to repay you for what you have done to us see how you feel when your infants are dashed against the rocks and so of course about seventy years have passed and. Persia arises as the new empire. Darius or Cyrus, as we would know him, which is uh, also synonymous of Messiah. And he takes over. He takes over Babylon. We can see Babylon there. Uh, We can see uh, Egypt. He takes over Egypt. Egypt had tormented Israel too. And they take over Assyria, see Nineveh, in the center of the page. And they have taken over uh, the Assyrians, the ones that took Israel captive. And all of a sudden, there is peace. There is peace on planet Earth. All these tyrants are gone. They're dealt with. And there is a return. There is a map of the return. There is a 2,700 kilometers from Babylon to Jerusalem. And the first one in 538 by Zerubbabel and the temple is rebuilt. Second by Ezra and third by uh, Nehemiah. But all this is the introduction. Let's begin the service now. And I said we'll be very short. And we will start from the part where it says Zechariah part 1. So all the people are returning from Babylon. And Zechariah chapter 1, 7. And I think I'm reading this because I believe it's relevant to us today. On the 24th day of January, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, son of Iddo during the night says Zechariah I had a vision and there before me was a man mounted on a red horse he was standing among the myrtle trees in a raven behind him were red, brown and white horses I find this astonishing it's at night it's down in the raven in a creek and myrtle trees what colour myrtle trees? Say it louder, you can. Red. Ha. Myrtle trees are red. So there is Zechariah at night, pitch black, looking down the creek. Among the red, he sees a red horse. He must have a special, special torch, special binoculars, maybe like the USA Army. And he sees them. He sees the red horse. And this is a prophetic part, so he can see. That's why it's written in such way. So Jeremiah, uh, Zechariah sees more than other people. Nobody else saw it, saw that. And then he's able to, able to say that they are, they not just the red horse, but they red, and not three horses, but it's in plural in the Hebrew. They're reds and the whites and and the uh, browns, and they're all there among the myrtle trees. i got here a photo of some myrtle trees. That's what they look like. Um, And most of them are red. Some of them are pink or whitish pink. And Zechariah said, I asked, what are these, my Lord? The angel who was uh, talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, they are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord who is standing among the myrtle trees. We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. These horses are like the the horse was the fastest thing known in that day, yeah? There was no faster thing. So it's like us saying, They are the satellites of the Lord. They go around planet earth and they're photographing and taking data and they bring it to the Lord and they found out that there is peace on planet earth because the Egyptians are gone, the Babylonians are gone, the Assyrians are gone, the Edomites are gone, all your enemies are all gone, wiped out, there's peace on planet earth. And they're reporting to the Lord. Just like today. Many angels will be reporting to the Lord. And not that the Lord needs reporters, but it's just for our understanding that He is in total control and in total charge and He knows everything. So the fastest thing that we would know would be what today? Maybe a satellite. Many of you are about these things. I don't know How fast does a satellite travel? Who knows? Who cares? Something very fast. Thank you. Uh, that number is too big for me. Uh, but what is the fastest thing? Uh, maybe we think the speed of light. So there is them. How would would the speed of light go around the anyway? So the speed of light going around the earth and saying all is good, all is okay, there is peace on planet earth. But this angel of the Lord that is there, he's got a concern. And it says, Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem? And from the towns of Judah Which you have been angry for these 70 years So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words To the angel that spoke with me I will come to that in a minute And this is what they find Ruins I'll read a little bit of Psalm 126 Just to get us into the picture When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion We were like those who dream. Their mouths were filled with laughter, In Psalm 126 says Your tongues with songs of joy then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And it says, uh, restore your fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev. So all of a sudden, when they heard that they're returning, all these kids were not born in Jerusalem. They, they, the whole generation, most of them died died in, in, uh, in Babylon. But they heard how beautiful the temple was, how beautiful the streets were. They would have heard how nice was the um, the olive trees and the vineyards and, and the, uh, the bees and everything. And so they're coming home and they're singing their or oh, 2,700 kilometers with joy. And when they come back, what do they find? Ruins. They find that the water well is collapsed. They find that all the olive trees have been chopped down. They find that the vineyards, where there was vineyards, it's only weeds and their home where the grandfather said look when you go to Jerusalem it's 333 when you turn left the second house from the corner there was a house you can live there they go there what do they find? ruins and so then it says that when they saw that um, those that sow with tears will reap with songs of joy those that go out weeping carrying seed to sow they will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them And so there is this trauma. There is this thing about coming back to ruins. Their joy turned to tears. And of course, the angel of the Lord, as the others are reporting that all is well, he's saying, but have you considered Jerusalem? Have you considered the ruins? You know, today in Australia, we are very well off. We are okay. We have peace. We have food. We have heating here. We're not cold. Um, We are not threatened. We have doctors. But is it like that all over the world? Is it like that in Africa? Is it like that in the Middle East? Is it like that? Most of us are migrants. Think where your parents or where you came from or your grandparents, where they came from. Think, is it like that? are they suffering are there some mothers that are crying today for help have you considered that have we thought about that do we keep it in mind because that is what Jeremiah is saying what Zechariah is saying and then I love this part it says uh, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah again this is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. He's t- talking to the people that have remained in Jerusalem because not everyone was taken. To be merciful to one another. Be kind to your migrants that are returning from Babylon. Please help him. Please help the widow. Administer some kind of justice. Have compassion on one another. And then it says, Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless. The foreigner. Oh, the stranger or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. And this is a sad part. But they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. Instead of looking at the people that were suffering, they turned their back and in order not to hear their cry, they walked like that and walked away and that is the best way that we can do sometimes that's the best way that we know how to deal with with what's happening I thought that these days were over but if we read about what's happening in other parts of the world other parts of the world are not as, as lucky as we are and you might be saying, ask so yourself, what do we do, what am I supposed to do what can I do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm contributing to compassion, I'm contributing to this, I'm giving money to that And and I'm spent. Great. I think that's good news. Because there's one more thing left to do. And that is to pray for the return of Jesus. You see, we cannot fix the problem. We can fix just locally. We can have the great intention. But the, the, the need is so great. And speak to Melanie. Speak to Ben. They've been to this country. Speak to other people. That you, you almost become overwhelmed. How much can you help? And we know that the only answer is for Jesus to return. Not only to return to, to planet earth, to return to people's hearts, to return to the heart of the mom and the son and the oppressors, that Jesus would come and reign so we can have peace. That's what it's needed. We need Jesus to return. When we talk about spreading the good news. It's not about proselyting people and and to fill this place, but it's about that people would have peace in their hearts, that people would experience restoration, that people would experience uh, redemption, that people would walk out from the old ways and that we would have true justice. And then, of course, we want the return of Jesus. I know that some of us are scared of the return of Jesus because maybe... We have read the book of Revelation or we have been taught through some um, uh, hyper way of what that looks like. and, And it scares us when there's nothing to be scared about. Jesus is returning to establish peace on earth. That's what he is returning to do. He is coming to bring his kingdom that these things would not happen again. You know, when we thought that we have peace, that we have security... That might be just localized to us. But it's not like that in the rest of the world. Today, on Mother's Day, I want us to think of all the mothers in parts of the world where the children have been taken away, where mothers are suffering, where children are suffering, where people have been decapitated, where people are hungry, where there is no food, where a mother has got no milk to give to her baby. And that is not right. And we somehow... Are powerless to help, but we can pray to the one that can help. Let's do just that. Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus, we are thankful for the peace that we have. We are thankful for the security that we have. But we know that it's not like that in other parts of the world. We know that there is one billion people that are hungry. We know that people have been displaced. We know that there are people that are suffering and crying. We know that there are mothers and fathers that are not well. We understand That there is oppressors around the world. Through different political parties, and we don't want to be political, Lord. We just want you to return and to bring peace and to bring hope. We pray that the hungry would have food, that the oppressed will have peace. Lord, we pray for redemption and salvation for planet Earth. We pray for our people, Lord, the human beings that are just like us, perhaps a different color, that they would be saved, saved from distress, saved from disaster, saved from the tormentors. Have mercy on us, Lord. We ask you that you would return, that you would come quickly, that you would come quickly to our hearts, first of all, Help us not to turn a blind eye or turn our back. But help us to look and hear and convey that to you, Lord. And that's what we're doing. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the salvation that we have in Jesus. And we pray that that salvation will be extended right throughout the whole earth. For we ask and we thank you all this in Jesus' name. amen. Amen. Amen.